Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. It's the most exciting time of year if you're a rugby league fan, and today's podcast is all about the NRL 2022 Grand Final. Now, most of this is going to be about the Grand Final itself, a preview of the game. At the end, I'll give a prediction, as well as my Clive Churchill medalist pick. But there's also two games in the lead-up, which I'm really excited for. You have the state championship in back-to-back Queensland Cup winners, the North Devils, although unfortunately no Braden McGrady in that game, who was a standout throughout their final series, up against the New South Wales Cup winning premiers, the Penrith Panthers. Now, of course, NRL Grand Final, Panthers versus Eels, and there has been some really key representation for both sides. For the Panthers, New South Wales Cup Premiers, they also won the jersey flag under 21s. They have strong elite players through all the grades and they even won the SG ball. So this is unheard of. If the Panthers are to win in the NRL, this has never been done before. So Panthers really building a premiership powerhouse. But we'll we'll get into the grand final, the NRL, of course, taking place at a core stadium this Sunday night. I'm not going to miss it. Definitely going to have a couple of responsible drinks and enjoy the footy. As always, my side, the Warriors, nowhere to be seen around this time, uh, but do stay tuned. Next year is our year. Today, though, all about the Panthers up against the Eels, and I'll also, a bit later into the podcast, jump into my pick for the state championship and, of course, the NRLW Grand Final, my pick to win, the Roosters, well, they were upset big time. I did not see that coming. The Parramatta Eels, who have a pretty formidable team. Samaya Taufa, Gail Broughton, I've been a huge fan of both of them this season. Up against the Newcastle Knights, who were without a win last season. They finished last. They signed two game changers in Tamika Upton, Millie Boyle, and the Knights, NRLW, in the grand final. So I'm really excited for that game. I'll jump into my picks for both the warm-up games that are going to be huge grand finals in their own rights. But the big one, of course, the NRL grand final, the Battle of the West. Two Western Sydney sides, the reigning and defending premiers in the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels, who many have had doubts over them and their abilities to go all the way. But this has been a huge turning point. 2009 was the last time they made the grand final and they've had wooden spoons since then. And it's been Brad Arthur and this current crop of players who've really brought the Eels up to this level where this could be their time. And it feels like it's their time to strike if there is one, given that Reid Marnie leaving, Isaiah Papali'i, I don't know what's going on there, 
hoping he's going to the Warriors, to be honest. But there are going to be some key losses for the Eels. Of course, the futures of Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses long term still yet to be decided as well. So for the Eels, it seems like now's the time to strike. Funnily enough, they have beaten the Panthers twice this year, although the second there were some circumstances, of course, with Nathan Cleary getting sent off. But this is the big one. This is the grand final. I've said all year, obviously it seems like Panthers were going to go all the way from very early stages of the season. But the Eels, they've shown the ability to be able to beat the top sides. So I am super keen for this grand final. I think it is going to be close as anything. But if the Eels don't bring their A game, Panthers could blow them off the park as well. A lot of scenarios, a lot to get into. So prepare your fucking selves because it's NRL grand final weekend. And this is the grand final preview. start with a season summary for both sides and I'll kick it off with the Parramatta Eels who now find themselves with this incredible chance. I mean it would be as memorable a grand final as any Battle of the West. If the Eels can get this done that will live on forever. And Parramatta they've been burned before. They've lost some crucial games 2005, 1998, and 2009 notable seasons where they really felt like they could have won that year. Now 2009 was mainly on the back of Jared Hayne, one of the greatest individual seasons we've ever seen. I think it was the greatest I've ever seen, at least in my time. But this Parramatta Eels side in 2022, they are balanced. It's a very different side and they're strong across the entire park. Now I credit a lot of this to their coach Brad Arthur who took over in 2014. He took a wooden spoon side and the next year they finished in 10th. Now every year hasn't been amazing but Brad Arthur over time has built the squad into it's his Parramatta Eels side. You look at guys like Isaiah Papali'i and as a Warriors fan how we weren't able to utilize him. Brad Arthur Look at what he's getting out of these guys. The Sean Lanes, Mitch Moses, his time at the Tigers, he was always thought of as a prodigious young talent, but it never seemed to come along. Now at the Eels, he is the head honcho. He's the chief playmaker. They've got Dylan Brown in the 5'8 position as well. They're forwards with Junior Paolo and of course, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Reid Marnie, number nine, an area where the Eels had been lacking for years. So Brad Arthur, he has well and truly built this side. And as I've said earlier, it just feels like this is their year to strike. Last year, Eels, of course, knocked out of the final series by the Panthers. I thought that was the game of the season. It was only two points in the end there. And after that, everyone was like, okay, Eels genuinely could be contenders going into this season. And they've proven that they are. They are here on grand final day. Brad Arthur has his side in a position where, look, only Ryan Matteson 
has won a grand final. And within their side, the only other guy that I think has played in a grand final is Bailey Simonson. And that was off the bench for the Raiders in a loss against the Roosters. So it's very interesting, the contrast. Of course, Panthers, this is their third grand final in a row. Whereas for the Eels, that magic of their first grand final, it can be a blessing and it can be a curse. They say that grand final week, if you ride the highs and lows too much, then you're going to be drained. You may not have enough come game time on Sunday. But I think the Eels, I don't know what it is, but I think they've got the right balance where they're going to be able to enjoy a grand final week, which may never come again, and really go for that win. So I'm expecting Eels to be primed for this one. Throughout the season, they showed inconsistency. They're coming off two huge wins in this final series, but throughout the season, we haven't seen them string together three game-changing wins. But that doesn't matter because they're in the grand final and all the inconsistency through the season, it counts for very little. I expect Eels to really be able to bring the fight to the Panthers in this game. They had the Premiership pre-season pact as well, where all the players made a pact. They're going in for this one. A lot of guys departing the club. And as I've said, it just feels like if there is to be a time Now's the time. So they've made their premiership pact. Can they go all the way through with it? Well, the halves, they are going to be a massive key in this one. For years, Parramatta, one of their biggest weaknesses, no one could live up to the greatness of Peter Sterling. It was like a curse, that number seven jersey. Same for the five eighths. They didn't have too many remarkable guys with the greatest respect to those who did play. But now Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, that is a premiership winning, worthy combination. If the Panthers didn't exist, well, Eels, they're a gun side. But Panthers, unfortunately for the Eels, they do exist. And what we get is this huge Western Sydney rivalry. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary in the halves, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown. It's going to be an epic battle. And I really think... Parramatta, look, in the preseason, if you've listened to the podcast before, you would know that I had a preseason vision where I saw, and I am not a psychic, so that is why I don't have a lot of trust in this vision. But yeah, I saw Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown lifting the premiership. So I, I think they're up for it. And that's what makes it really intriguing. This full 80 minutes is where it's going to be decided. And it's going to be the little moments throughout the game. So both sets of halves, they are going to have to be absolutely on. The battle in the middle of the field is going to be incredible. And I'll get to the team lists in a moment. But firstly, I'll continue to stick with the Eels and their season summary. And throughout a pretty lengthy season, there have been a couple of standout moments for me. Some good and some bad throughout the Eels season. Now, for some of the bad, I remember a loss to the Tigers. They were the first side that the Tigers beat this year after the Tigers dropped their first few games. And Eels also got blown off the park by a Mick Potter coached, so they had an interim coach, Bulldogs outfit. 
So there have been some really questionable losses throughout this season for Parramatta, but it's some of their wins that really stand out to me. Firstly, two wins against the Melbourne Storm. The first of those being very early in the year when Melbourne, they were looking the goods to really make a premiership charge, still had a lot of stars healthy and on deck, and Eels beat them in extra time, or golden point rather, Ray Stone going that extra effort. So for the Eels, they picked up two wins over the Storm last year when the Storm were close to breaking records for one of the most dominant sides we've seen. And yet, Eels were able to beat them twice last year. They also beat Melbourne twice this year, the Ray Stone Golden Point game, and then the final regular game of the season to get into the top four, the Eels, they blew the storm off the park. So Parramatta, we know they can beat these top sides. They have two wins over their opponents this weekend in the Panthers, the only side to beat Penrith twice this year, and one of the only sides to beat Penrith full stop. Now the Eels, we know they can beat the top sides, and their captains, they've got two captains going into this weekend, well, they are a huge part of it. Junior Paolo and Clint Gutherson, both leaders of the club. And coach Brad Arthur, he made the decision, it was just Clint Gutherson as the captain over the last couple of years, but he made the decision to kind of balance the load and the responsibility of being the captain, Junior Paolo also getting the honors, nearly bloody forgot what I was gonna say. And look, as co-captains, They've done a remarkable job. Clint Gutherson, he is so important, not just in attack, but also defensively. He makes so many plays that go unnoticed, and he's the voice at the back. So at fullback, defensively, he can see things that the defensive line cannot, and he is very vocal. A lot of communication from Gutho at the back, but potentially... It's his actions that speak louder than his words. Gutherson has been made a leader of this club and the captain because he sets the example every day at training and with his efforts throughout a game. Clint Gutherson, he is such a perfect choice to captain this side. And then you have Junior Paolo, who is right in the thick of the action, in the middle. He has to make plenty of tackles, has to get through the grunt work as well. So... For Paolo and for Gutherson, these guys aren't going to ask you to do anything that they wouldn't be willing to do themselves. And as leaders of the club, they have proven that they are willing to go to great lengths to try and break this premiership drought. As for their opponents though, let's get on to the Penrith Panthers. And their success across all the grades has been a major highlight this year. SG ball winners... Under-21's Jersey Flag winners this season, the New South Wales Cup winners, and look, they are the favourites to take out the Premiership. So it's scary to think this Penrith juggernaut seemingly only going to get stronger, but they are reaping the rewards of a proper development process, which is what a lot of clubs are not doing to the best of their ability. Now the Panthers, the depth they have created throughout the one club is incredible. And we're starting to see now clubs taking other Panthers players. And it's been happening for a few years. 
Penrith have really been supplying the league of depth. A lot of their guys at reserve grade level, under 21s level, other sides can use them in an NRL first grade setup. So we are seeing Penrith really making the most of their local nursery. And for Ivan Cleary, it's been a remarkable job as coach. He's got them now to a third straight grand final. And let's not forget, 2019 was a very lean year for the Panthers. There was a mountain of criticism surrounding Ivan Cleary, the fact that he was coaching his son Nathan. And you fast forward to now, three years of dominance. They are the reigning and defending premiers. And Ivan Cleary has grown into one of the master coaches of this competition. He's had a great staff around him as well. And interestingly, much like the Panthers are supplying players for the league, we're now starting to see a couple of their coaches starting to get gigs. And this kind of happened when Melbourne Storm was successful. We've seen their assistants be sought after for quite some time. Same goes for the Roosters. And now the Panthers. So Cameron Seraldo, he signed with the Bulldogs next year. And I think his influence on this whole setup cannot be understated. Seraldo has relationships with all the players in this squad. And some of the stars who are at the peak of their powers, he coached them at under 20s level. He also had a premiership at New South Wales Cup level as a coach. And Cameron Seraldo, look, he is hugely important. The players love him. And he's a big part of why the Panthers are exactly where they are. It takes more than just an Ivan Cleary or formerly Phil Gould when he had a big hand in what the Panthers were doing. The success, it's got to come from many different places. A lot of people putting in the work to get them where they are. And Cameron Seraldo, I think he's been a massively unheralded contributor to the success. Maybe not so unheralded now, given that he's off to the Bulldogs and there is quite a bit of hype around that. Now, the other assistant coach for the Panthers, Andrew Webster, has signed to coach my side, the New Zealand Warriors. So I'm excited about that. I wasn't huge on when the Warriors had Nathan Brown as a coach. I wish we kept Todd Payton, now coach of the year, uh, but it wasn't to be. So now we're getting Andrew Webster, but at the moment, He's also involved in this incredible Panthers season and he's credited for a lot of the attack. So I'm interested to see how that works with the Warriors system. And for the Panthers, they've got three coaches who are doing an enormous job. And of course, two captains who have really led from the front, much like the Eels and their captains leading from the front with their actions. It's been the same at the Panthers. Isaiah Yo, Nathan Cleary, the Dallium Captain of the Year joint winners, and they've done an enormous job. Isaiah Yo, it kind of felt like he was always going to eventually be the captain. Such a reliable, hard worker, Mr. Consistent. He can even play, well, he started his career in the centres, has played back row, and has really found a home for himself in that middle number 13 jersey. Then you have Nathan Cleary, who already at 24 shows signs that he's almost like a coach himself. He's the halfback, he understands all the plays, 
He's got to call the shots anyway, so he's been given the captaincy alongside Isaiah Yo, both of them gunning for back-to-back premierships. So you cannot fault their job as captains at all. And over the last three years, I've really enjoyed. I know some people, they think the Panthers are arrogant now that they've started to become successful, but I've thoroughly enjoyed every moment since 2020. Just watching them emerge, they always had the potential, but they never really started to click until 2020. And then we really got an idea like, okay, this is a special outfit. Panthers went down to the storm in the grand final and the next year, there were some question marks. They'd done a huge season in 2020, but we didn't know how they were gonna respond the following year. They had the grand final heartbreak and now given their record over last year, they were incredible, barely ever lost, except for the origin period. And look, they came out and answered all our questions. They won the premiership. I was wondering whether they, you know, sides were gonna be more prepared for what the Panthers could offer, but they just weren't. And then Panthers win last year, they come into this season and look where they are, another grand final. So they've emerged into one of the great powerhouses. And when all is said and done, we might be about to see the most dominant era in the NRL time frame. So obviously I didn't watch back in like 1911 and shit. So I don't know, maybe there was like someone rolling around in the 1930s who was dominant as fuck. But in my lifetime, I mean, this is really starting to stack up. If the Panthers go on and win the premiership here, then I think they're really starting to build a case to be the greatest side, at least of the NRL era. Now, there was a mockery back in the day when Phil Gould came out. There was a lot of talk about, oh, how's Penrith's five-year plan going and things like that, because Panthers, five years in, they weren't setting the world on fire. Uh, But I think it's fair to say now that five-year plan, which it wasn't, you know, to win a premiership in five years. Look, that plan, regardless of the time frame, it obviously worked. Look at where they are now. Look at what they have achieved in the last three seasons. And although Gus Gould is gone, well, a dynasty remains. We've got a crop of young local juniors who now... They're dominating the New South Wales origin side. And it's a really big deal throughout the whole competition, just how good Penrith are. Like they've been in another league this season. No side seems to be able to compare with them. And it's pretty loose. It's pretty fucking loose, I guess, is the best way that I can put it. They're just so dominant. And all season, it's looked like they're going to go all the way. They were going to go all the way. Sorry, my English shitting the bed a little bit. Now, let's not forget as well, Ivan Cleary was sacked as coach a number of years ago and has had to work his way back to this point. So, look, when he was off contract, I was hoping the Warriors would pick him up. We weren't able to. All these good coaches, no one wants to come to the Warriors. But for Ivan Cleary to then return to the Panthers to coach his son Nathan all the pressure surrounding that and what they have since delivered, Ivan Cleary 
He's going to go down as one of the great coaches. And up until last year, there had been talk like, oh, he doesn't have a premiership. How can he be a great coach, a truly great coach, without a premiership? Now he has one, aiming for back-to-back. And although the Panthers do lose some key players, none more so than Api Korosau going into next year, I still think overall, I mean, if Panthers win this weekend... What's to stop them next year going for a three-peat, which would truly be historic in the NRL era. But of course, I'm not discrediting Parramatta. There's still a lot of what-ifs. We haven't seen the 80 minutes. I'm just saying, if the Panthers win here and they stay relatively strong, as close to strong as they are right now, which you would suggest they will, given that they won across every grade this year, pending NRL, then look, this is big. This is definitely a huge error. And for Parramatta, well, that will make it an even more historic moment if they are able to defeat the Panthers here. And as well, I think the Battle of the West is something that is a big deal. This one is going to be a packed house at a core stadium. And of course, last year's final series taking place in Brisbane. So these home crowd supporters, these teams, they haven't been playing in front of their home crowd. And for the fans, they weren't able for Penrith to see that premiership victory in person. And for Parramatta, well, last year it didn't really matter in Brisbane for them. But could it have been a different story if the game was played in Sydney last year when they met? In a huge final, only decided by two points. So that is definitely a game changer. And even though I'm not from New South Wales, I think for the atmosphere and the overall grand final vibe, I am very glad this one is in Sydney. So we're going to see how it goes down. Battle of the West. But now I'm going to jump in to the team lists. We have our 17s basically confirmed. I don't expect there to be any late changes, and for every player who's going to play in this, this is your dream growing up, to play in a grand final. This is the biggest game of every Eels player's career. And for the Panthers, well, this is still a huge deal for them. Last year when they won the Premiership, it was in Brisbane. This time, as I mentioned, it's in Sydney. We have a Battle of the West, a truly epic game, that look, this one's going to be remembered for a long time, no matter what the result. Just given the nature of two Western Sydney sides, you have Parramatta, formerly the successful side, thought of as kind of the bigger brother. And then Penrith, who started as the little brother, but now they are the dominant force. There's history there. I don't know if this is as much a case like a Rabbitohs Roosters, where the sets of fans truly hate each other and everything like that, but they don't want to lose. Like, I know for both cases, if there was one side they didn't want to lose to in a grand final, it would be each other. So, look, I think it's going to be a heated game. There's definitely going to be some oomph when it comes to the interactions in the middle. And, look, every player in this game is going to count. 
So I'll jump into the team lists. Let's get a bit of a preview on everyone's story leading up to this moment and see how the teams stack up. All right, getting amongst the team lists now. And I'll start with the challenges. Now, obviously both these sides going for the premiership, but of course, Panthers reigning and defending premiers. So in this instance, they are essentially the defending champions and this weekend's challenges, the Parramatta Eels, coached by Brad Arthur, line up as follows. At the back, fullback, co-captain Clint Gutherson, the heart and soul of this club. I spoke a little bit about him earlier. And look, he's such a huge on-field contributor for his side. At fullback, he will be tested, although I think when it comes to the kicking game of Nathan Cleary, that Wunga Blake is going to be the main target. So it's kind of been spoken about quite a bit throughout the week. Wunga Blake, the Eels winger, he hasn't hesitated to acknowledge that it's going to happen. He spilled the ball multiple times when both sides met in week one of this year's final series. But that is a point of concern. Those Nathan Cleary bombs have been causing havoc for all opposition back three players. So for Sivo as well and Gutherson, but Wanga Blake especially, they're going to have to be very, very careful because a few errors could totally turn what could be a very tight battle of the West. On the wings for the Eels, Wanga Blake, a former Panther turned Eel, and Mike Sivo who remarkably rose through the ranks very quickly, ended up in New South Wales Cup for the Panthers a few years ago. So he didn't actually come through the Eels system, Mike Acevo. He kind of just emerged, was scoring a lot of tries at the level below New South Wales Cup, got himself into the Panthers side. I believe he was in a premiership winning New South Wales Cup outfit, was Mike Acevo. Under Cameron Seraldo, there's a little factoid. Eels saw the potential in Sevo, and what an icon. What a player he has become for the Eels. A fan favourite, and you just feel that if Parramatta are to go on and win this, that Mike Sevo may just score one or two tries. The chant very well may go up. So Sevo and Wanga Blake on the wings. In the centres, Will Penasini. Very talented young kid. And Bailey Simonson, one of only two players in this side to have actually played a grand final before. That was 2019, off the bench with the Canberra Raiders. And most of this year, Bailey had been playing in that right wing position. He's playing centre here, and he had been at reserve grade level as well when he was in New South Wales Cup for a few weeks. And with Tom Opachik out, well, Bailey Simonson, he becomes a really crucial member of this side, especially defensively. So he's going to have to hold his own, but he's very athletic, former sevens player, and one of only two players in this side with grand final experience. Bailey Simonson on that left side with Micah Sivo, and on the right, Will Penasini and Wanga Blake. In the halves... And this for Parramatta, I believe, is where the game is going to be won. If they can do it, 
Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. They are a combination that I believe can win a premiership. Moses has really grown into the halfback role, but it's been Dylan Brown this year who's gone to that next level. Andrew Johns came out, he said Warriors should chase Dylan Brown and pay him a lot of money. I agree. I definitely agree. Dylan Brown looks like a special talent. And for Parramatta, who have struggled for game-breaking halves for years, Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses, now they have two game-breaking halves. And Brown is in career-best form. Moses, you'd have to say as well, in career-best form. But Dylan Brown, in particular, could be a smoky for the Clive Churchill medal. In the Ford Pack... Regan Campbell-Gillard, another former Panther, and Junior Paolo. These two as well, going to be hugely crucial for the Eels' chances. The engine room, look, James Fisher-Harris and Moses Leota on the other side of the field. That's a formidable starting pack. Then they have Spencer Lanier coming off the bench, do the Panthers, which I'll get to Nathan Brown in a moment, but I think that is where he's going to be brought into the game. But starting props, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paolo, this is a big combination. I think if they can really make the difference up front, get their side on the front foot, make a lot of meters, will Eels stand a definite chance of winning this game? I know Eels, look, it's an uphill battle, but Panthers, they are human. They're not some mythical, different species who would just, Look, they're playing footy on another level, but they're human. They can make mistakes. You can rattle them. And it's a big occasion for them, just as much as it is for these Eels players. Really, really key battle in the middle of the field. Junior Paolo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, they hold the keys alongside the halves for Parramatta. I think if I could pick two areas, halves for Parramatta are what's going to win or lose the game. But the platform is essential. In the number 9 jersey, Reed Marnie, Queenslander, and off to the Bulldogs next year. So one of the players leaving. And look, it's a game-changing loss. They have got Josh Hodgson coming in next year. But Reed Marnie hasn't even seen the best years of his career. So look, that, when they lost him, that was when I started thinking, oh, that's a bit grim if he doesn't want to be at this club. But clearly, look, they've made the Premiership Pact. It seems like all of these guys are on board with the... Look, they have to win it this year. Reed Marnie leaving. And look, it's going to be a crucial loss. I don't know if they can make it to the Grand Final next year without Reed Marnie. In the back row, Sean Lane in career best form. Now in Kangaroos calculations when it comes to the World Cup squad. And look, he was man of the match last time out against the Cowboys. I feel like he's in for a huge game this weekend. And he's going to have to be playing head-to-head up against Liam Martin. In the other back row position, Isaiah Papali'i. It now seems confirmed that he's going to the Tigers. But that's a bit of a shit show. But for Papali'i, clearly he's just worrying about this year and right now. And he is in a grand final. Look, as a Warriors fan, to see what he's done, it's heartbreaking but awesome at the same time. So, Papali'i now 
one of the game's best back rowers, if not the best back rower in the game. And he is another real edge for this Parramatta come grand final time. Now, in the lock forward position, Ryan Matteson has been named, but in recent weeks, we've seen Murata Niakore start in the lock forward position, Ryan Matteson come off the bench. No matter whether Ryan Matteson starts or not, he is another major player for the Eels here. He's the only one on this side with Premiership winning experience after getting the job done with the Sydney Roosters. And he's just a major part in the middle. He's transformed his game to where he's not just a back rower. Now he is a phenomenal ball playing lock. He of course started his career as a 5'8". So very talented, very skillful, and the size of the fucking pipes on the man. Like I believe, look, I wouldn't want him tackling me and I certainly wouldn't want to be trying to tackle him. Ryan Matteson, he is someone that I believe can cause the Panthers some headaches. Now, named on the bench. The bench for Parramatta is interesting. Number 14, Nathan Brown. Now, there has been a ton of talk all week about Nathan Brown, what his role is. He's played, hasn't played first grade for ages. I can't remember the last time. I saw him in first grade. He barely has played reserve grade as well. So he's not match fit. He's clearly come for a certain role, which I guess it looks like they want aggression. They want someone in a really tight game who who can contribute even in like a 10 minute window. So maybe not a huge game. That's why I think a bit of the talk has been overblown considering Nathan Brown may only play 10 minutes. It may not have a major impact. So they've even mentioned maybe he starts the game in the number 13 jersey. Uh, So, well, not the 13 jersey. He'd be in the 14, but start at lock forward. Look, I don't fucking know. I'm not Brad Arthur. And yeah, look, I am stoked for Nathan Brown. He gets to play in a grand final. Unfortunate for Bryce Cartwright, who misses out. There's clearly a reason, and look, if I'm truly honest, I don't I don't care. I'm like, I just want to see. It could only be 10 minutes, so I'm trying not to spend too much energy on what may not be a major point of the game. And look, obviously, if the Eels are losing or something, there may be a bit of chat. Oh, what if they had someone else on the bench? But in that number 14 jersey, Brad Arthur traditionally... It's been Makahesi Makatoa, Bryce Cartwright, and they've played five or ten minutes. So if that is to be the case here, I think Nathan Brown is there, whether he starts or comes off the bench, to just be aggressive. I think they're going to bring him, if they don't start him, I think they're going to bring him on to counteract the punch of a fresh Spencer Lanier off the bench for the Panthers. But I'm going to take a wait and see here. I'm just going to wait and see what Nathan Brown's role is. Because I don't bloody know. Now, in the 15 jersey, Jake Arthur. Son of Coach Brad Arthur. And look, it hasn't been easy. Plenty of criticism still around this decision. But they're in the grand finals. So I'm like, fuck it. Well, something's working. Even though Arthur didn't get on the field last weekend. If something is to go down in the halves... Or even like dummy half with Reed Marnie. 
then Jake Arthur can fill in there. Of course, a huge game changer as well, Reed Marnie did not play in the final series last year when Panthers knocked the Eels out of the competition. A two-point loss, and in the number nine was Ray Stone, who's more of a middle forward. So Ray Stone, he makes a couple of errors at crucial times. Eels only just lose. Reed Marnie, now they have their specialist number nine there. And I think, look, I think there's method behind the madness. I believe Jake Arthur has a role. He can fill in at nine if Reed Marnie goes down. And the six or seven, which are all key positions. So that's another wait and see. Congratulations to Jake Arthur playing a grand final. Oregon Kafusi in the 16 jersey, off to the Sharks next year. And in the 17 jersey, Marata Niukore, off to the Warriors next year. In the reserves, 18th man Bryce Cartwright, another former Panther. 19, Makahesi Makatoa. In the 20, but confirmed that he will not play, Tom Opachik, off to Hull Kingston Rovers next year. In the 21 jersey, Ofahiki Ogden, who won't play, uh, and Kai Rodwell. But good on them, all being in a grand final squad. Now, on to the Penrith Panthers. The defending champions looking to go back to back. We will start at fullback with Dylan Edwards. Now, Dylan this year is finally getting the credit that is well-deserved, and he's emerged into a premier elite player of this game. The work that he does for his side is just unbelievable. The Panthers, without him, they tend to be very vulnerable without Dylan Edwards. He's a great support player, a phenomenal defender, and look, earlier in his career, Edwards did have issues under the high ball, but he's well and truly developed now. He's an elite player, and Dylan Edwards, he is a massive chance here for the Clive Churchill medal. On the wings, interesting note this week, Taylin May, who has been dominating this year on the left wing for the Panthers. He is out with a hamstring injury, so Charlie Staines, Brian Toto on the wings. That will see Brian Toto play on the left side, where he is just as dangerous, if not more, over on that left side. And Charlie Staines, fallen out of favour at some unfortunate times, hasn't played in a grand final. He wasn't part of their premiership win last year after he kind of fell out of favour. And here he is, the Forbes Ferrari. He exploded onto the scene. We knew who he was within his debut game, scoring bags of tries to start his career. But it hasn't really been an upward trajectory since then. He's a natural fullback. He, there's talk that he may be on his way out of the Penrith Panthers, potentially as soon as, you know, this offseason. So look, for Charlie Staines, he's a gun. But I think this is an area where Parramatta may be able to exploit Mike Acevo head-to-head with Charlie Staines. Staines doesn't have that same kind of impact and punch on kick returns as that of Taylor May. The combination in terms of when Taylor May plays 
with Isaac Targo, Ortega, is so strong. Those two, it's like they were meant to play right next to each other on the field. Whereas with Charlie Staines, the combinations haven't quite been there, but he's a gun player. So damn fast, and he can finish a try. He's had to work really hard to get back into the side for this grand final. So big game for Charlie Staines, and big game for Brian Toto, who actually proposed to his missus after the grand final win last year. In the centres, Stephen Crichton, absolute weapon. He could maybe be off to the Bulldogs. We can see clearly with Panthers winning all the lower grades that there are more youngsters ready to come up. And look, if Crichton's commanding a lot of money, it's going to it's going to take a lot of money to keep all these good young Penrith players. So for Stephen Crichton, could be off to the Bulldogs in future, but right now he is a Panthers player looking to go back-to-back premierships, and he's such a huge part. He scored the intercept, which you could argue won them the grand final last year, and when it comes to X-Factor, Stephen Crichton is X-Factor personified. He is an absolute gun, and as a side play here, uh, for any time try scorer, of course if you do gamble, gamble responsibly. Uh, it's, you know, just gamble responsibly. Don't, don't go fucking overboard. But, if you want to sprinkle some cash down, Stephen Crichton, anytime try scorer, I don't even know what the odds are. I think he'll do it. I think Stephen Crichton, he seems like he was tailor-made for these big games. Battle of the West, he's a proud Penrith representative. I think Stephen Crichton crosses the line for a try in this one. Crichton, anytime try scorer. And Isaac Tago. Look, what a great season from him. Did debut last year, but did barely played any games. Played off the bench in the second row. This year, in essentially his rookie season, he has played so well that there's been no talk of the loss of Matt Burton, who was playing in the centres, Dallium Centre of the Year. Absolute gun talent now playing 5-8 at the Bulldogs. And if Panthers had dipped and hadn't gone as well as they had, there would have definitely been talk about the loss of Matt Burton. But Isaac Tago, as all of these young Penrith guys seem to do, just seamlessly transitions into his role, and he has become a major part of what the Panthers have do, not just in attack, but also defensively. I think Tago has really stepped up his game. In the halves, look, the halves are the battle here. I spoke about the Eels, and for the Panthers, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, also the New South Wales Blues origin halves, and look, I guess there's none better in the NRL. There is no better halves pairing, given what the Panthers have been able to do, and I've seen criticism Oh, Jerome Luai only goes well because of the team around him. That is so wrong. Jerome Luai is an absolute gun, and he's blessed to have someone like Nathan Cleary, who, look, as I mentioned, he's building a resume to be one of the all-time greats. That means defences have to focus a lot on Cleary, but if you drop your guard for even one moment, Jerome Luai 
is equally as dangerous. So these halves are the key. There is no doubt about it. Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. In the forwards for the Panthers, Moses Leota, Arpi Corosau in the number nine, playing his last game. Off to the Tigers. So look, for the West Tigers, I've talked a lot of shit about your club this year, but really good signs. Two players in this year's grand final, Isaiah Papali'i and Arpi Corosau, off to the Tigers next year. So that is something to get really stoked about. But right now, Corosau aiming for his third premiership. Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris up front. Who Look, that is going to bring the thunder, the battle of Fisher-Harris and Leota up against RCG and Junior Paolo. In the back row for the Panthers, Viliami Kikau off to the dogs next year. So it's going to be his last game. You know the Panthers are going to be so up for this one. Arpi Corosau, Viliami Kikau, they are two of the absolute leaders and just staples of this whole Penrith run. It hasn't just been Cleary. It hasn't just been Isaiah Yo. These are two other guys who have been such an integral part of what the Panthers have been able to do. Viliami Kikau off to the Bulldogs. Coruscant off to the Tigers. Panthers, they are going to want to send their boys out in style. In the other back row position, Liam Martin, who, look, he has some links to the Eels I saw recently, that maybe Eels may make a play for Liam Martin. Who, look, his value is going up by the day. If he wins a grand final again here, then he is a back-to-back premiership winner. He is an origin representative. And I think we may see Liam Martin in the Australian Kangaroos squad. In the lock forward position, co-captain Isaiah Yo, who could definitely be another good one if you want to place a play for Clive Churchill. I think Isaiah Yo, if this is a tight, really grinding affair that is really determined by a forwards battle, then I think Isaiah Yo, he could be a cheeky value bet for the Clive. And I think Overall, another really important player for the Panthers in this game. On the bench for the Panthers, Mitch Kenny, who we have seen start in recent weeks. Maybe he starts here. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. There's a lot of mind games like, oh, is this player going to start? I try not to overthink it. So Mitch Kenny, he may very well start and he looks seemingly like he's going to be the option for next year. Panthers full-time number nine. So great for him to get this experience and hopefully for Mitch Kenny, a premiership win here, given that he missed out last year. In the 15 jersey, Scott Sorensen, who has played so well off the bench for the Panthers over such a consistent amount of time that he's now in the New Zealand Kiwis World Cup squad. We've got Spencer Lanier in the 16, who looks like he wanted to tear Tane Milne's head off last weekend. Gee whiz. There was a point there where I I wanted it to kick off, but I was like, Spencer, don't. Man, there's a grand final next weekend. Don't go too loose. So good to see Spencer Lanier kept his head enough. And look, he is another important player, given that he's going to be coming off the bench. And in terms of that middle battle, 
He is going to come on and fresh. I think he can make a massive difference. In the number 17, Jamin Salmon, who's come out during the week or last couple of weeks and still hasn't ruled out pressing charges against Ricky Stewart for the uh, weak gutted dog comment, which, like, uh, look, I guess I'm not going to comment because maybe he'll press charges against me. But good luck to Jamin Salmon, formerly a Parramatta Eels player as well. Played a handful of games in the NRL with Para before signing over to the Panthers. So Jamin Salmon, he does have utility value, can play in the halves, back row, centers. So yeah, he is an option there in the 17 jersey. In the number 18, 18th man, off to the Dolphins next year, Sean O'Sullivan, New South Wales Cup Premiership winning player. Matt Eisenhuth in the 19, who is unlucky to not get a bench spot here. He was in the New South Wales Cup winning grand final squad. Jermaine Hopgood, he was also in the New South Wales Cup uh, grand final squad. Believe he may have even been the captain as well. Off to the Eels next year. Big signing. I believe he's off to Parramatta because they have a role for him to play. They're going to give him a first grade, like, defined role. And I think we're going to be seeing more of Jermaine Hopgood leaving from the Panthers off to the Eels next year. And in 21 and 22, respectively, Sania Taruva and Chris Smith. So those are the team lists. Coaches, Brad Arthur and Ivan Cleary. And for Parramatta, the premiership drought, a lot of talk about that, a lot of additional pressure and just hype for the fans around the week. Now for Parramatta, there are three seasons that stick out that really seemed to burn them. There was 1998, there was 2005, which that seems to be the year. They came first that season. That was the year... They had to do it, and they failed in 2005. And then in 2009, Jared Hayne, that miraculous season, with, quite frankly, some battlers in that side, with the greatest respect. And Eels, look, they couldn't do it up against a much stronger Melbourne Storm outfit. But I remember that. There was, a, there was like this feeling of, holy shit, Jared Hayne is playing so well here, that the Eels were in with a shot, but they have been burned a few times. The good thing for them here is, look, whilst there is this premiership drought chat, nobody expects them to win, or rather, nobody expects the Penrith Panthers to lose. So could this release some shackles for the Eels? Will they come in and really revel in that underdog status that they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. If Parramatta can just outmuscle the Panthers, which they've proven they can do before, for 80 minutes, they will have a moment that will live on far long after they are gone. This would be an iconic moment. The Parramatta Eels, one of those clubs with just a die-hard supporter base. They haven't had success or that huge premiership moment for so fucking long. So if you can be the team to do it, that uh, that lives on forever. So look for the Eels. 
That is how big this is. They can't let it overwhelm them. But the way that Brad, Arthur and the players have been carrying themselves, I don't think they are going to let it overwhelm them. I think they are going to revel in the underdog status. And in recent years, the criticism, and there have been many, of Brad, Arthur and the Eels was that they couldn't peak at the right time. They would start very strong for a season and then fade out right toward the end. People said, is Brad Arthur the right coach? Constantly talking about, can he get them to the premiership? Is he good enough? Rah, rah, rah. A lot of narratives and quite frankly, seemingly a lot of agendas. But Brad Arthur, despite all the criticism this year, look, they were inconsistent in patches. But the last couple of years, all the talk, can he get them peaking at the right time? They are in the grand final. Brad Arthur has got his side peaking at the right time. They had an unbelievable win over the Cowboys. They absolutely demolished the Canberra Raiders. And now they take on the Panthers. This, what a game. As you can tell, very pumped about this game. Panthers, they have been the strong premiership favourites from day dot. And a couple of first-time grand finalists for this Penrith side, Isaac Tago, Jamin Salmon, Mitch Kenny, and Charlie Staines. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to all the players taking part in the grand final festivities. And look, highlight battle... I spoke about it before. That's in the halves and also up front in the middle, the props. I think halves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses up against Luai and Cleary. I think, look, it could come down to a field goal. We don't know. Or someone may have to produce a magical play. For the Eels, Dylan Brown, he's really had that kind of vibe about him. Clint Gutherson, another one who can come up with those... Game-changing plays, not just attack, but with his try-savers. So look, a lot of battles around this park that interest me. And Panthers, we know they have that next level. We have seen it time and time again. They are on that next level. No side in the competition has been able to compare to them this year. Yet somehow, the Eels have beaten them twice in 2022. Do the Eels have that much-talked-about, fabled next level that they can go to in a game like this, which is just a totally different beast to any other game of rugby league. This is the pinnacle, grand final day, and Eels across the park, I believe they do have that next level that they can go to. We are yet to see that consistency where they have had three amazing performances in a row, They're coming off two great ones, but usually the trend is for them to then dip. But have they peaked at the right time? That's what I'm trying to get at. Have the Eels peaked at the right time? Well, they're going to have to go to the next level. They cannot play like they did last week against the Cowboys. That was purely effort. And if they play like that, Panthers are going to get up 13+. plus. They will get up comfortably. And this could be kind of like an AFL grand final situation where it's just not a fun watch. 
That is not what we want. The key for the Eels, if they are to make a run, I think they've got to make this early push. The Eels, they need early scoreboard pressure, even if it's a penalty goal. But they've been able to, in the last couple of weeks, come out, get an early try, and then just really get on the front foot. For Parramatta, that is essential. I can't see them pulling a come-from-behind victory. Panthers, I think, are just too good. So for the Eels, the first 20 minutes is going to be crucial. And if they can score the first try, well, look, that's where they have to work from. Eels, they need to do this one from in front because if they're trying to play catch-up, Panthers will just be too good. We've got Nathan Cleary. He's building on an iconic resume. Grand final win here. Potentially Clive Churchill medal. Look, Cleary is a special player. And we tend to criticise guys who are successful or maybe don't play on our team. Or even just because they get paid more money or are in a better position. But look, Nathan Cleary is a special player. So I'm just enjoying it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it, appreciate this for what it is. I'm not hugely into like conversations of who's the GOAT, like who's the best halfback, how does Cleary compare with Cooper Cronk or Jonathan Thurston. For me, it's like, well, they're totally different guys and sometimes like different eras. They've played in different eras of the game. And now I'm like, well, I've seen what Jonathan Thurston's done. I've seen what Cooper Cronk's done. I enjoyed that immensely. Now, let's see what Nathan Cleary can do. He's really already built up such a resume. And a grand final win here, I think he, alongside James Tedesco, you'd have to say best players in the world, at least in the bigger picture. That's another chat, though. I don't want to get into any speculative chat. Who's the best? I know Nico Hines just won the Delhi M. I'm not here for that. This right now is the grand final. Now, there's the weight of expectation for the Eels in this one. But for the Panthers, they've had to deal with that expectation the last two years. There's been the weight of expectation. And look, their egos have been cast aside. I know many people believe these Panthers players are arrogant. But I think otherwise. I think to build a dynasty like this, I don't think you can be too arrogant. You can be confident, which they very clearly are. But their egos, they've put them aside. This is a team. The Panthers, it's this whole team effort. It's not built off the back of just one player. Everyone has a role and they seem to play it to perfection. This game, look, it... I'm hoping it's close, but Panthers, they are seemingly on another level. My point of difference in this game, Jerome Luai. I think he's going to be the point of difference. If I had to pick one for the Eels, I would say Reed Marnie. In the final summary, look, good luck to both sides. I would love to see a close game as a neutral fan, and regardless of which side wins, Look, I'll be happy to see someone win. And I don't know if I'd be sad to see someone lose. I don't think I really give a shit. It always kind of sucks, unless you don't like the side. 
to see a side lose the grand final because they're all like, uh, and you're just like, yeah, damn, someone's got to lose there. So for the winners, whoever they are, I'll be stoked to see it. I mean, if the Eels do it, that will be historic. And if the Panthers do it, it'll be historic. So history either way, my side, the Warriors, are nowhere near the grand final. So I'm just numb. I'm numb to all this shit. Final series means nothing to me. I, my football watching and fan journey usually stops around September. So yeah, unfortunately, Warriors second to last this year. It's a battle of the West. West in Sydney at the top of the pops this year. Panthers up against the Eels. Look, I think Eels are a massive chance, but I'm going to take the Panthers for my prediction. Uh, just every time I go against them, it's wrong. But I think Eels are a huge chance. And look, my prediction is not super important. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm not going to overthink why or any great detail. What I'm keen to do is sit down and watch the game and just enjoy it purely and see who wins. My prediction though, Panthers, Clive Churchill pick, I've gone Dylan Edwards. So those are my two little picks. And of course, Stephen Crichton, anytime try scorer. And look, with that being said, that is the grand final preview. Not just a sports report, Panthers up against the Eels, Battle of the West. And what a game it is going to be. I'll be covering it after the game. Look, I'll be releasing a podcast with my full thoughts on the game itself, what the victory means, some of the star players, everything. It'll be a full extended podcast going through everything Grand Final Day. That'll include the state championship and NRLW, which I'll get to in a moment. So look out for that on the weekend. Best way to keep up with all of that is to follow us on socials over on Instagram at not just a sports report and you can also follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on you'll be able to see as soon as the grand final review podcast is out and before i finish look we have the nrl grand final that is a really interesting game given that my pick were the roosters but we have knights up against the eels if eels win this look that'll be Massive. Eels represented in both men's and women's grand final. Really big moment for the club. Uh, but I've gone with the Newcastle Knights. Tamika Upton, Jesse Southwell, Millie Boyle. Knights, look, they've made some great signings this year. They've got some really unheralded quality players as well. My pick for NRLW, I've got the Newcastle Knights to be crowned premiers. And in the state championship, Panthers up against North's Devils. I'm going with the Panthers. So those are my grand final day picks. Panthers in both state championship and NRL. Oops, a daisy, we've got a mystery timer. Fucking, I'm so close to the end. We, we keep rolling. Shut up, phone. I'm literally about to wrap up. Uh, Newcastle Knights in the NRLW. And what else have we got? 2022 performance highlights essentially the not just a sports report version of the deli m's so we'll go through our player of the year team of the year rising star which is the best young player 
a few things like that. So we'll be going through the, or I'll fucking be going through the full results for that. So we've already got the results. We've got our little performance highlights winners, and I'll reveal all of those in the podcast. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be covering the Rugby League World Cup as well in about a month's time and a postseason review series split into four episodes and four clubs per episode. So going to go through each club's season. I did a pre-season preview podcast series. So I'm going to go through and basically compare some of my thoughts in the pre-season and what we have in hindsight with the postseason. Some sides exceeding my expectations greatly. Some sides letting me down miserably. <clears throat> Warriors. But yeah, look, go the Mighty Warriors. Next year is our year. And this year belongs to either the Panthers or the Eels. If you support either side, hopefully your club can get up. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. With that being said, that is all of it done. NRL Grand Final Preview. And until next time, well, all there is to do now is to enjoy the bloody Grand Final. Have a ripper. 